0: chapter thirty three of forest days by g p r james this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter thirty three the grey twilight hung over the world when richard de ashby re-entered the outer court of the castle at lindwell but still he could perceive horses saddled and dusty attendants running hither and thither armed men standing in knots as if resting themselves for a moment after a journey and every indication of the arrival of some party having taken place during his absence his first thought was that the corpse must have been found and brought back by some of the small bodies of prince edward's troops which were moving about in all directions but he soon saw that such an event was impossible as he himself or some of those about him must have met any party which had passed near the scene of the murder The next instant, in going by one of the little groups of soldiers we have mentioned, he recognised the face of some of the retainers of the house of Ashby, and exclaimed, "'What, has the Lord Allured returned?' "'Not half an hour ago, Sir Richard,' replied a soldier. And Richard de Ashby hurried like lightning into the hall. There was a coldness at his heart, indeed, as he thought of meeting the man whose father's blood was upon his hand and against whose own life he was devising schemes as dark as those which had just been executed but he was most anxious nevertheless to meet his cousin ere he had conversed long with lucy and to give those impressions regarding the causes of the bloody deed which best suited his purposes alfred de ashby was not in the great hall but richard without a moment's delay mounted the great staircase to the upper chamber where Hugh de Mothimer's last happy hour had been passed with Lucy. There were voices speaking within, but the kinsman paused not a moment, and opening the door he found the sister weeping in the arms of her brother. They had been some time together. The first burst of sorrow in speaking of their father's death had passed away. An accidental word had caused them to converse of other things connected therewith. Indeed, but not absolutely relating to that subject and the first words that met richard de ashby's ear were spoken by the lord alured never lucy he was saying never fear not dear girl i will never force your inclination i will try to make you happy in your own way as my poor father promised so i promise too their dark kinsman saw at once that the proud and stubborn heart of his hasty cousin Was softened by the touch of grief, and that he had made a promise which no other circumstances would have drawn from him, but which, however much he might regret it at an after period, would never be retracted. Lucy started on her cousin's entrance, and why she knew not, but a shudder passed over her as she beheld him. He advanced towards them, however, with an assumption of frank and kindly sympathy, holding out a hand to each. But Lucy avoided taking it, though not markedly, and saying in a low voice to her brother, "'I cannot speak with anyone, Alured.' She glided away through the door which led to her own apartments, leaving Richard to Ashby with all the bitter purposes of his heart, only strengthened by what he had seen and heard. Alured took his cousin's hand at once, asking, "'Have you brought in the body? Where have you laid him?' in a rapid but clear manner richard explained that the search had been ineffectual and told all that had been done in vain for the discovery of the corpse after some time spent in conjectures as to what could have become of the body the peasant who had first discovered it was called in and questioned strictly as to what he had seen and his knowledge of the old lord's person his replies however left no doubt in regard to the facts of the murder and when he was dismissed alured turned with a frowning brow and a bewildered eye to his cousin asking who can have done this richard de ashby looked down in silence for a moment as if almost unwilling to reply and then answered i know of but one man whom he has offended who who demanded alured sharply i know of none none but you, de Mothama, said richard de ashby Hugh de Mothemer cried the young earl, offended him. Why, he has loaded him with favour. T'was his letter telling me that he intended to give our Lucy's hand to one of our old enemies that brought me back with such speed. Offended him? He is the last man that had cause of complaint. You know not, Allured, you know not all, cried his false cousin. Far be it from me to accuse Hugh de Mothemer behind his back i have ever said what i have had to say of him boldly and to his face and all i wish to imply is without making any accusation whatsoever that i know of not one man on earth whom your poor father has offended but de Mothomer. and how offended him asked the young earl by withdrawing his promise of your sister's hand answered his cousin tis but yesterday upon some quarrel i know not what that he who is now dead retracted every rash engagement of the kind and told him he should never have her lucy will tell you the same ha cried allured knitting his brows thoughtfully ha but no 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 to do him justice mothomer is too noble ever to draw his sword upon an old man like that his name was never stained with any lowly act he might be a proud enemy but never a base one i dare say it is so answered richard though i have seen some mean things too did he not avoid meeting you in arms on quarrel concerning my poor little paramour but all this matters not i bring no charge against him tis but suspicion at the most only when i recollect that yesterday your father crossed all his hopes and that guy de Margan, geary and the rest who were with this poor earl told me that there was a violent quarrel and high and fierce words on both sides i may well say that he was offended and as far as i know he was the only one offended by the good old man lucy will tell you more perhaps stay cried alured i will go and ask her nay rejoined his cousin i must away with all speed to nottingham to learn if aught has been heard of the body there i will ask guy de margan and the others what really passed when they were here yesterday, and let you know early to-morrow. "'Bring them with you, bring them with you,' said Alured. "'I will,' replied Richard. "'But in the meantime, by your good leave, my lord, I will take some of your men with me, for I came alone and am not well loved, as you know, of these Mothamers. "'Take what men you will,' said the young earl. "'But yet I cannot think they have had a hand in this.' good night richard good night so prone is the mind of man to suspicion so intimately are we convinced in our own hearts of the fallibility of human nature at every point that accusation often repeated will ever leave a doubt in the most candid mind be thou as cold as ice as chaste as snow thou shalt not scape calumny cried shakespeare addressing woman and he might have said to the whole race of man armor thyself in the whole panoply of virtue cover thee from head to foot in the triple steel of honour honesty and a pure heart still the poisoned dart of malice shall pierce through and wound thee if it do not destroy in the heart of ayurid de ashby there had never been a doubt that hugh de was in every thought and in every deed as high as noble and as true as ever was man on earth and yet alas that it should be so the words of a false base man whom he himself knew to be full of faults and detected in falsehoods left a suspicion on his mind in favour of which his jealous hatred of the race of mothamer rose up with an angry and clamorous voice it was with such feelings that he now strode away to his sister's chamber but ere he knocked at the door he paused thoughtfully remembering that she was already grieved and shaken by the sad events of that evening. He called to mind that he was her only protector, her only near relation now, and a feeling of greater tenderness than he had ever before suffered to take possession of his heart, rose out of their relative position to each other, and caused him to soften his tone and manner as far as possible. He knocked at the door then and went in, finding Lucy with her maids, the latter following mechanically the embroidery on which one half of a woman's life was then spent the former sitting in the window far from the lamp with her cheek resting on her hand and her handkerchief beside her to wipe away the tears that ever and anon broke from the dark shady well of her long fringed eyes as gently as was in his nature to do alirid sat down beside her and questioned her as to what had passed on the preceding day she answered very briefly for his inquiries mingled one dark and terrible stream of thought with another scarcely less dreadful she knew little she said as she had not been present she was not aware why her father had so acted but she acknowledged that he had withdrawn his consent to her union with the man she loved and had spoken words concerning him which had wrung and pained her heart to hear so far the tale of richard de ashby was confirmed and allured left her with a moody and uncertain mind hesitating between newborn suspicions and the confidence which the experience of years had forced upon him he paced the hall that night for many an hour ever and anon sending for various members of the household "'and questioning them concerning the transactions of the day. "'But he gained no farther tidings, "'and in gloom and sadness the minutes slipped away, "'the gay merriment, the light jest, "'the tranquil enjoyment all crushed out and extinct, "'and every part of the castle filled with an air of sorrow and anxiety, "'all feeling that a terrible deed had been done, "'and all inquiring, "'What is to come next?' the last words of the young earl ere he retired to rest were let horses be prepared by nine in the morning i will go to nottingham myself this must be sifted to the bottom ere he set out however richard ashby accompanied by several gentlemen of the court had reached lindwell and were met by allured in the hall booted and spurred for his departure ha give you good day sir he exclaims in his quick and impetuous manner "'I was about to seek you "'if you had not come to see me.' "'This is a sad affair, "'my lord the earl,' "'said Sir Guy de Margan. "'Little did I think "'when I rode over hither "'the day before yesterday "'with your noble father "'that it was the last time "'I should see him living.' "'Sad indeed, sir, sad indeed,' "'replied the young earl. "'But the question now is "'who did this deed?' "'Who shalt say that?' "'said Sir Guy de Margan. "'Irid Ashby paused "'and crushed his glove in his hand, "'wishing any one to touch upon the subject "'of the suspicions which had been instilled "'into his mind, "'before he spoke upon them himself. "'But finding that Guy de Margan "'stopped short, he said at length, "'May I ask you, Sir Guy, "'to tell me the circumstances which took place "'here during your stay with my father "'yesterday? "'Any act of his is of importance "'to throw light upon this dark affair.' i can tell you very little my noble lord replied sir guy when we arrived we were told that the lord hugh de mothamer was in the upper hall with your fair sister the lady lucy we all went thither together but as we came to the lord hugh with a somewhat unpleasant summons to the presence of the king your noble father wishing to spare his feelings desired us to wait without at the head of the stairs while he went in to break the tidings We soon, however, heard high words and very angry language on the part of the young lord. Then there was much spoken in a lower tone, and then Mothimer came nearer to the door, where he stopped and said aloud, "'You will not fail, my lord?' Your father answered in a stern tone, "'I will meet you at the hour you named. Fear not, I will not fail.' Alured de Ashby turned his eyes upon his cousin with a meaning look richard de ashby raised his to heaven and then let them sink to the earth again i heard those words myself said sir william geary and thought it strange Mothomer should appoint a meeting when he was aware he was going to a prison it seems however that he well knew what he was about god send he met him not too surely burst forth allured de ashby with his eyes flashing after all we may be quite mistaken observed richard who knew that now having sown the suspicions ay and watered them too it was his task to affect candour and seem to repress them as a man lops off branches from a tree to make it grow stronger Hugh de Mothimer was always noble and true and of a generous nature as you well said last night Allured. but you forget said guy de Margan, he was at this very time under a strong suspicion of a base treason and had been seen speaking secretly in the forest with three masked men unknown ha cried alirid de ashby seizing the speaker by the arm and gazing into his face as if he would have read his soul ha three masked men it is true upon my life replied guy de margan be calm be calm my dear cousin exclaimed richard de ashby calm shouted the young "Calm." "'with my father's blood crying for vengeance from the earth "'and my sword yet undrawn?' "'But listen,' said Richard, "'I have thought as we came along of a fact "'which may give us some insight into this affair. "'Yesterday evening on my arrival here, ere any of us knew aught of your father's death, "'the old hall-porter told me, on my inquiring for him, "'that the earl had gone forth having received a letter "'brought by some peasant-boy.' He mentioned the boy's name, for he seemed to know him, and therefore I ventured, as we passed the gates just now, to bid the warder speak with the old man, and have the boy sent for with all speed. Tis but right that we should know who that note came from. "'Let the porter be sent for,' cried Alurid. "'Let the porter be sent for.' "'I will call him,' said Richard, and left the hall.' "'In a moment after, he returned with the old man, "'followed by a young clown of some thirteen years of age. "'The boy stayed near the door, "'but Richard de Ashby advanced with the porter, "'the latter bowing low to his lord as he came up. "'Who brought the letter given to my father "'just before he went out yesterday?' "'demanded the young earl in a stern tone. "Dickon, the son of Ughtred, the swine-driver, my lord,' "'replied the porter.' "'He lives hard by, and there he stands.' "'Did he say aught when he delivered it?' asked Richard de Ashby. "'Nothing, Sir Richard,' answered the porter, "'but to give it to my lord directly.' "'Come hither, boy,' cried Alured. "'Now speak truly. Who gave you that letter?' "'There were four of them, my lord,' replied the boy, "'but I never saw any one of them before.' "'Were they masked?' demanded Richard de Ashby. "'The boy replied in the negative.' But his wily questioner, having put suspicion upon the track, was satisfied so far, and Alurid proceeded. "'What did they say to you?' he asked. "'They bade me take it to the castle,' replied the boy, and tell the people to give it to my noble lord, the Earl, as fast as possible. "'Did they say nothing more?' demanded Alurid to Ashby. The boy looked round and began to whimper. "'Speak the truth, knave,' cried the young Earl. "'Speak the truth, and no harm shall happen to you.' "'but hesitate a moment and I'll hang you over the gate.' "'They told me,' answered the boy, still crying, "'that if I saw the earl I might say it came from the Lord Hugh de Mothamer, "'but not to say so to any one else.' "'The whole party looked round in each other's faces, "'except Richard de Ashby, "'who gazed down upon the ground as if distressed. "'Though, to say truth, his heart swelled with triumph, "'for the words the men had used had been suggested by him.' at the last moment before he left them. He would not look up, however, lest his satisfaction should appear, and Alurid set his teeth hard, saying, "'This is enough!' "'But one more question, my good lord,' cried Sir William Geary. "'Do you know the Lord Hugh de Motham a boy?' "'Yes, sir, very well,' replied the boy. "'I have seen him many a time with my lord and my lady.' "'And was he amongst them?' asked Sir William Geary. "'Oh, no!' cried the boy, his face brightening up at once. "'There was one of them as tall and mayhap as strong, "'but then he was black about the mazard, "'and the other who was well-nigh as tall had a wrong-looking eye.' "'This serves no farther purpose,' said the young earl. "'I must to Nottingham at once. "'You gentlemen will forgive a son who has his father's death to avenge. "'But you must not quit my castle unrefreshed. Richard will play the host's part while I am absent. So fare you well, and many thanks for your coming. How are my horses ready there? End of chapter 33